Welcome to Wednesday Night Rewind. Ryland Turner here, joined as always uh, alongside by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I... <laughs> you ask hard questions. I'm fine. This ma- this show didn't break me, but it sure wanted to. Yeah, oh, it, it tried, I'll bet. It tried. Um, it is Royal Rumble season, so we are reviewing a Royal Rumble chosen by our friend Rob. Our friend Rob has, uh, I guess, a love for listening to us um, in, you know, just pain and agony as we have to slide through these Royal Rumble or these uh, these old late 90s reviews, early 2000s reviews that are not great. And this is a Royal Rumble in Royal Rumble uh, 1999 that is remembered as uh, I mean, like, let's not shy away from this. It's it's not a spoiler anymore. Vince McMahon won this for won this Royal Rumble. Is there so is there a post because we watched the 92 Rumble last year when we did Rumble, right. which was a, a not a Fantastic great show, show. show, but the Rumble no, it was it was sorry, fine. Sorry, the, I'm saying the show leading up to the Rumble was OK. OK, yeah, but sure. The Rumble was very good. Has there been a Rumble, just the Rumble itself? With the exception of maybe 2015, that was as bad as this one. Uh, 20, 2022. Okay, yeah, you're you're right about that. 2022. Um, let's let, let let's not hesitate. Uh, Rob was not able to get some facts in for us, but I was able to uh, acquire some facts about this Royal Rumble from WhatCulture.com. Uh, those guys are they do good work. So these are a few interesting facts about the 1999 Royal Rumble. This is the first time that the music No Chance in Hell was uh, debuted on WWE television. It became Vince McMahon's theme song. It really fit him. Yeah, um, it did. Uh, here's a fun fact for you, Kyle. This is the same band that does DX's theme song. Interesting. Yeah, DX's theme song is, I'll be honest with you. A lot of these 90s theme songs are remembered very fondly, but as somebody who is not a fan of that kind of like punk rock or late 90s, early 2000s punk rock sound, these these entrances are hard to get through. This was four white boys trying to be Rage Against the Machine. Oh, and how many groups were exactly that? that that's true. That's true. Um, well, as either co- that or uh, like Linkin Park. True. True. Um, as I love Lincoln Park so much. Um, as Kyle mentioned uh, off air, the dark match to this show was Christian versus Jeff Hardy. Here's an interesting fact for you. This was in Anaheim, California at the Arrowhead Pond. 14 months later, these two would return to that uh, same arena to have the first TLC match at WrestleMania 2000. That is that's cool. Arrowhead Pond is the former, uh, of course, the former home. Uh, it's not the Honda Center; it's the current, still home of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, yeah, this is the crowd for this was okay. It was just the show was interesting. A fucking mess is what it was. Um, yeah. Kyle Heat. WWF Heat uh, Sunday Night Heat was a big deal at this time. This was the lead into every pay per view. What do you think this number was? If you got to guess, what do you think the number was for Heat? Like how many viewers? T T TV rating. Oh, T. Like what do you mean TV rating? So like, like how mil- many people? Yeah. Uh, uh, 
God, back in the day, there's so many people watch TV back in the day. Uh, let me say, let's say 2 million. 4.77. Yeah. Yeah. 4 I, I point. This was the, this was the most successful heat. And it, I believe it still stands that you could check this for me if you want right now. This still stands as the most, this is the next fact. Um, at the time, this was the most purchased rumble with 650,000 buys. Now, I don't know where that stands now, especially I, I in the era of streaming, but no, I'm just saying like after that, I have to guess a rumble did more than that. I'm just scrolling through them. Uh, 2002 did 670,000. Okay. Um, wow. This is, this number is holding though, aside from that. Cause 2014 was when the network debuted. Right. Um, looks like that is the high watermark for pay-per-view buys in advance of the network. So second of all time. Okay. By 2002. Which was, um, apparently, I think that was a good rumble. I don't remember. 2002, that was when Triple H came back. That was the, the beautiful day U2 rumble. Yeah, that, that number holds until 2015 was the first rumble that was on the network. We got a real gem Jesus. And this was, and just to look at the Rumble match, to know that 650,000 people bought this pay-per-view, if not a slightly more or less, like Christ. Yeah. Um, Kyle, only nine entrants in this Rumble made it 10 minutes. <laughs> We're going to talk about that because that's what the, because the thing about this is that the Rumble still could have been good, even if Mr. McMahon won. It is a... This is a swerve bro moment, but it's like not an awful one. There's, there's, you know, there's story to have been told from it. What is, what we're going to talk about in this rumble is this, the ring was empty several times for people coming out. It's true. It's true. Um, one fifth of the rumble participants have since deceased. That's a, I mean, a sad fact, but it is. That's really depressing. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll move right on. China was the first female entrant, but unfortunately, boy, was she misused with 36 seconds in the rumble. Yep. She didn't have the, the shortest time, but she sure wasn't in there very long. Uh, finally, uh, Mick Foley and The Rock agreed to five chair shots. The Rock. Delivered 11 to his head. The fun fact about this rumble. Yes, we are. Because the fun fact about this rumble is the fact that uh, the documentary Beyond the Mat was being filmed backstage at the same time of this rumble. And a lot came from this. Mick Foley was one of the centerpieces of that documentary. And they got some footage. Let me tell you. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um Kyle, let's not hesitate. We have a top 10 to get through for this rumble. This was, I put this together in more of a joking fashion because this was such a mediocre to terrible show. Uh, so I hope that you could bear with me with some of this. Um, what's your number 10? So I'm going to, I mentioned all of the matches. By the way, there's no honorable mentions. You, no, you, no, there's you're not. You're lucky to get 10. <laughs> I, I did, I am going to, I you mentioned that I did include all the matches in an order of I don't know enjoyability isn't the right word significance sure um and I do have a lot of jokes in here to get to too because there was there was some fun in this show but number ten 
behind all the jokes and all of the nonsense that we're going to be talking about this, I don't know if there's a match that I enjoyed less in doing this show, in the history of doing this show, than Luna versus Sable. Yeah, I got that. This was... This was real bad, y'all. Like <laughs> it was, it was not advertised as a strap match either. That we found that no. out as they were putting the straps so, on each other's arms. So here's the thing about it. There's a, cause there's a lot, there's a lot that's bad about this. And the only merciful thing is that it's four and a half minutes, but it feels every one of those minutes. Yes, it does. And it's a shame because Luna Vachon is not a bad worker. Um, it just, like, this match did not do her any favors. The Shane commentary, st- like, Shane was still very Oh, my great. God, I forgot about that. Shane on commentary was not good. Lawler was never good on commentary. Like, we'll talk about this commentary team later, but, like, Shane McMahon's addition to this did not help. The best commentator on this show, without question, was Vince McMahon. He was only on the mic. Yes! For yes! Because <laughs> Michael Cole was also terrible, which is what I'll get into right away, but... Um, Sable was the so the stipulation of this match was that it was a strap match, but it was you had to touch all four corners to win. But I guess if you got slammed, that erased your yes. corners. Yes, it's this is the, the, this is a strap match with the rules of a bull rope match, and it just is. It's real bad. The the finish of it is silly. The chain stuff, the distraction, everything about this is like the the stipulation somehow made this match worse. I didn't think you could do that with the competitors that they had and Shane McMahon's involvement and everything with that. But like, yo, this was <laughs> real bad, y'all. And Luna Vachon deserved way better than this. <laughs> I don't. To be honest with you. I don't think she ever won this title, did she? No, I don't think she did. I'm just looking through the history of this title right now, and I think this was her shot at this at this championship, and we couldn't give it to her. Um, yo, this was, yeah, no, Sable passed it to Deborah. Um, which is uh, oh my god, that's even worse. Gave it to Ivory. To Mula, back to Ivory, to the cat, to Hervina, to Jacqueline. Now we're actually getting to, you know, quality. No, no shade on Ivory. She she did pretty good work. Uh, to Stephanie McMahon, to Lita, to Ivory, to China. Vacant, Tristratus, Jazz. And mm-hmm. then we get to WWE after that. But yeah, I don't want to go through the sad history of this title. But yeah, Luna Vachon never held this title, which... Ugh. But Fabulous Moolah did later this year. Yep. Yep. That was the thing that happened. Um, my number 10 was Michael Cole was awful on this show. Like, Jerry Lawler is what he is, okay? Like, I... You are, you are saying so much with, with Jerry Lawler is what he is. I, I hope it's nothing negative, but it went, went, it's just... We we know what we're expecting with Jerry Lawler. That's what I'm saying. It's but not Mike, good. No, it's but not we, good. It's never got, good. We got, but we got Jer- we got Jerry Jerry Lawler that we always got. Right. Um, 
like he he did start off excited that that China was the first women first woman to ever enter the Royal Rumble and not in a creepy you know he perverse he way that he's anything really creepy about China and I will I can't believe that's the line we have to do yeah um Waller, but here we are. Jim Ross was backstage producing at this event. He's seen on camera in Beyond the Mat. Why he wasn't calling this event, I have no idea. That that This show would have been so much better. And I can't believe I'm saying this in 2023 um, with the Jim Ross we have now. But Jim Ross was so needed on this event. Obviously still recovering from Bell's palsy at the time with yeah. Michael Cole taking over for him for a period of time. But Michael Cole was just dreadful on this show. Did and you not the, notice? It's a, reminder that, it's a reminder that the Michael Cole we have now is Michael Cole with 20 years of experience. Yes. Michael Cole was my one of my uh, – him and Pat McAfee were my announced team of the year. Like, it, it, I, Michael Cole – it now has grown into a seasoned veteran and has done all the work, both the baby face, the heel. He's done it all. He's seen everything. He's mm -hmm. been hazed by DX. He's the guy he is today because of these moments. But this was dreadful. This was oh, dreadful, yeah. Kyle. He, how many times yeah. in the road dog big boss band match, which we're going to talk about, um, did he mix up the competitors? Oh, that, that was. That wasn't good. There, I have. We'll get to my feelings on Michael Cole because there's a, a good few lines from Michael Cole on this show that were, huh. Uh, that's my number ten, Kyle. You're number nine. Commissioner HBK was working from home a good twenty years before the pandemic. <laughs> I'm always sad to say. We, we really miss Shawn Michaels on this show. Because, like, you know, what you get out of Shawn Michaels is always a bit of a mixed bag. But at least you get good wrestling. Right. And the show could have used more of that. Oh, yeah. Not that Certainly. the wrestling was awful. Like, nothing offended me like Luna Sable uh, as far as, like, match quality goes. But... Oh, boy. Anyway, yeah, uh, Commissioner Shawn Michaels was working from home, and he got ahead of the curve. <laughs> they yeah, they announced that he was uh, he was off the show. I think he had gotten beaten up or something like that. But he's the reason that they were that they booked Mister McMahon number two. They also talked about him having said that. The Internet Continental Championship had not changed hands because Billy Gunn was going for it for the first time. But yeah, this was this was yeah, was, that's that's what I've got for you for a minute. Okay, I've got even I've I've got something of even less relevance. Ten ten two twenty. They sponsored this event, and that took me the fuck back. Seeing those commercials <laughs> and just that being a part of my just like years of growing up watching tv when i saw that ad i was just or when i saw that sponsorship i i was like holy fuck i remember all of that i remember all of that so it's even more silly than yours but that's my number nine uh yeah that's that's a good one number eight so the rock is usually the rock is still evolving into the full-on the rock that we know and love today on this show but He's talked about how he was going to put um, 
he was going to put mankind through the English announce table, through the Spanish announce table, through the French announce table, and then through the Ho Chi Minh Chinese announce table. Yeah. Um, Ho Chi Minh is both uh, a dead dictator and then the capital city of Vietnam. Don't know if you know this, those are different countries. Yeah, I, I listened I to I, I listened to uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting review this event like years before post wrestling. That was one of the YouTube videos I found. Um, and John asked Wei if he was offended by this, and his hilarious response was horribly offended by this, but it was great. <laughs> like this was this was uh, my, my god. The fact that The Rock is is revered as the character that he is with some of the insults that this guy laid down, uh, I really hope that we get a presidential run purely for the news. Purely for the news. I can't wait for that, man. Let's Corporate Rock. Corporate Rock is the step up from Rocky Maivia, but he is not the Rock that we know now. Mm-hmm. This... We're still in 1999. I think peak rock is probably around 2001. Right. In terms of wrestling. So we're not there yet. Uh, are we at your number eight? We are. The Road Dog versus Big Boss Man. Non-title? Why? Like, w- let's save this match for Raw. Let's save the hardcore title for Raw. He comes out. He does his big spiel. Road Dog, that is. Because uh, Big Boss Man was not how, what you consider a mic worker. Um, but Road Dog comes out. He does this big spiel about how he's the hardcore champion. He even involves Billy Gunn, who was involved in the next match. So my question is, why didn't they just come out together? Like, well, he, he does the whole um, New Age Outlaws intro. He includes Billy Gunn in it. Billy Gunn's in the back. It just it it was this match was uh, like nothing. It didn't offend me, but it was t- but it was pretty pretty fucking shit, bro. Like it was it was it was pretty terrible, pretty fucking terrible. So I, I guess I guess not on an offensive level, but enough for me to be like this was a, a terrible opener for the show that did not impress very much on the way up, except for a few moments. It, it took a long time for this show to be watchable, and this was the opening match, and it, it did not get much better until, you know, near the end. Near the end, not the end. So, are we on to number sevens? Yes. Commentary on this. My number seven is commentary on this was real bad, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to give you a few quotes that we got. First of all, during the Royal Rumble, we got the gratuitous, how are we going to get be able to get Mabel over the top rope? Um, how many 500-pound wrestlers by this point had been eliminated from the Royal Rumble? Probably a few. Yeah, right? Like, when, the only when, ever one Kyle, that I can remember winning it is Yokozuna. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how many 500-plus or just big men in general have won this Rumble? We had Shawn Yoko Michaels and Yoko and Undertaker. Undertaker hadn't won it at that point. No, I'm I'm not saying by this. I'm saying ever. in general. Yeah, that that like that's I, the thing. Are those the only two? I mean, if you're going to include the Undertaker, you could include Sheamus. He, I'd say he's a pretty uh, big dude. 
Seamus is like Seamus is big for for now. He's he's not like three hundred pounds. Like even even Hogan is you know build over three hundred. I guess that's true. But, yeah, and, he, and he won it twice. He did, but like no, it's not a common thing for the, the biggest guy to win the rumble. Um. Oh boy, yeah, that was that was one thing. Anyway, I'll get to the other ones. Um. I didn't write the end of this because it didn't feel it was necessary, but Jerry Lawler saying mankind's had so many concussions that I don't need to know the end of that. We, I know concussions are very different in 1999 than they are considered now, but oh, that was before he took the chair shots too. Um, yeah, we got the, the, where Michael Cole in the lead up to the match was talking about the size of Big Boss Man versus the agility of Road Dog. And I'm like, <laughs> if you are advertising this match on the agility of Road Dog, we got problems. We will get to it in term. In fact, we did have problems. Um, it, it turns out Road Dog's agility is, is frankly overrated. Um, Michael Cole said, he, quote, he takes no prisoners when referring to the big boss man. And as point of fact, he literally does take prisoners. That's his job. <laughs> he was a prison guard. Like, that's all he does. His whole thing was, that's what he does is he, <laughs> he takes and looks after prisoners. That's his whole deal. Um, quote, uh, Shane McMahon, the heir to the throne. That was Michael Cole as well. Man, that aged like fine wine, didn't it? Yep. Um, yeah. This show, this commentary team was was not good. And as I said, Vince McMahon was, like, for the two minutes he was on there, far and away the best commentator on the show. And you know what's funny is I'm watching currently, I, I've got through my nitros. I, I'm on to Raw from the beginning. And Vince is the commentator for a lot of that, right? Vince was a fantastic, like... For all we say about Vince, and and we're gonna say it until you know, uh, you know we're, we're we're blue in the face because he is the person that he is, and and we are the people that we are. But Vince was a fantastic commentator. There's yeah, no, there's no, there's there's no way to take that away from the guy. And you're right, the the time that he spent on commentary during that Rumble was far and away the best we got on this entire Rumble. Because uh, who else took the mic? We, we, Mike, we had Shane McMahon take the mic. Oh, God, it was so terrible. Oh, it was brutal. It was that bad. made that match worse, and that match was bad to begin with. That's also, yeah. by the way, my number seven worst strap match ever. Worst strap yeah. match ever. That's all I have to say. That's Kyle said something. he said enough about it in in his segment of it. Uh, that was That was terrible. That was terrible stuff. And, and again, I forgot about Shane because when today I spent, I got home, I did some cleaning or sorry, I was off today. Rather, I, I did some cleaning. I sat down. I got super prepared for this show. I watched the actual rumble match over again. I, I, I listened to a bunch of reviews, but I forgot about Shane on commentary. And I, when I first watched this show a few weeks ago, that was one of the things that stood out the most because it was just so fucking bad. It was so bad. So, yeah, they that, that there's that. We'll move along. Um, we're on to six. Sixes. Uh, it's mostly matches for me at this point. 
Road Dog and Big Bossman was boring, y'all. <laughs> this went oh, it's almost twelve minutes, where we're relying on Road Dog's agility, and we really were. <laughs> this this was this was not like it was the opening match, which. Especially considering how short it was, Xbox and Gangrel, Gangrel made way more sense as an opener. Right. So I have a question for you, Kyle. Or Shamrock Gun. Yeah. Um, why did Road Dog and Big Boss Man not need to be a hardcore title match and under hardcore rules? Like, would that not have been the better? No. That would have been the better match. Do you not agree? It would have been more Attitude Era entertaining at very least. I don't think it would have been good. Because, again, it's the people who are involved. No. It would have been better. But it would have been better. And boy, howdy, this match was was real bad, y'all. And, <laughs> again, and, you know, Boss Man won on a sidewalk slam out of nowhere. Which, you know, the thing you're not expecting after a 12-minute match is a surprise finish. This was, this was no good. Because like, it wasn't even a Boss Man slam. Just a sidewalk slam. No. You know, the most transition-y of all transition moves. And, and it beat the hardcore champion. After... That's the hybrid yeah, After the, the, you know, the match that boss... Or, the, you know, the match that they had where Road Dog was in charge of most of it. The crowd was hot for the, you know, the Road Dog chant. And I suspect that's why they did the match first, but then they did not, this match did not help keep them going. No. Um, yeah, that's my number six. This match was real bad. My number six was X-Pac and Gangrel. I thought this was a fine match. Like, Gangrel is what he is, um, but X-Pac was a good worker. And again, like, I, I, I want to, the, the one point in this match where I was just like, it, it put it over the moon for me, was that clothesline he does where he does the front flip. That's a fantastic move. And no one talks about how X-Pac was this fantastic worker in his time. Everyone talks about, oh, he's got X-Pac heat. You know, go away heat. That's what it is. No one liked X-Pac. Why? He was so good. He, he like, I, I can't count on my hands how many good Gangrel matches I've seen. So Gangrel was an entrance. He was an entrance. The cool, the, like he had some of the coolest music of the nineties and he came out, he spit blood out and then he had a match and no one remembers, you know, the, the good work rate matches that Gangrel had. But the more I watch X-Pac and one, two, three kid, Sean Waltman in general, like he impresses me more and more every time. Um, did you know Gangrel and Luna Vachon were married at the time? I, I, I feel like I might have known that. Well, can I just say, in the, the one thing in this match that did bother me is Michael Cole trying to talk about Gangrel's lifestyle. The beginning of the match where he's just like, he lives uh, a, a dark vampire lifestyle. What is that? What the fuck yeah, does that Lawler mean? said later like, about how, you know... The Euro he's in, he's very happy to win the European title because isn't like Transylvania and some of those weird places in Europe. I'm like, I well, yeah, yes, boy. This was not. This was. Uh, I'll we'll talk about it later because I've got a match in between this. Uh, we'll get to that now. Okay. 
Billy Gunn and Ken Shamrock. <sighs> the match wasn't bad. No. It was fine. And it's cool. It was a little long, which I can kind of say that for... What's interesting about this is that none of these matches felt short. Aside from the Rumble itself, actually. But the Rumble, the Rumble felt short and long because of how odd it was. And I do think two minutes makes more sense than a minute and a half. Though for this match, a minute and a half felt like an eternity for some of these things. But like, who boy, um, Shamrock and Billy Gunn was fine. I think Billy Gunn did a pretty good job of keeping up with Shamrock. I think the targeting the leg was very good and the selling of it that continued later on. I'll give Billy Gunn credit for all the wrestling he ended up doing in the show. He was on it for... I think it was probably, like, because he was in that Rumble for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, just looking it up now. Billy Gunn was, oh, but he did a lot in seven minutes. Let's say that. But, yeah, this was, this was good. Um, no, like, not a great match. And probably not, you know, when we're talking about the great intercontinental matches, this one doesn't even register. But, yeah, this was perfectly fine. I'll save my thoughts on this match coming up. Uh, you're number five. No chance in hell. This song was, I think, the perfect song for this pay-per-view, but also the perfect song to accompany Vince McMahon into his new character of the maniacal billionaire. Um, and I thought so much of this. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I thought so much of the fact that this was the... Um, song of the pay-per-view that I had to include it. It just, I thought it was a historical moment that this was the first time that this song really came to prominence and it became so historical. It kind of stood the test of time, right? Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's still one of those wrestling themes, despite my distaste of Vince McMahon. It's still one of those wrestling themes that is very, like, I, it's fondly remembered. My number four, Xbox and Gangrel, they hyped up Gangrel early on in this. As I was like, oh, this is going to be a real high flyer of a match. I'm like, I've never seen a Gangrel match, but I feel like I know enough that we're not getting him, you know, doing any sentons. But this was good. It was short, but it didn't feel horribly short. It felt like they got everything they needed to. X-Pac ended up getting the victory, which was good. I thought they, they did a good job with the pacing. I feel like this would have been a good opener. Do, do you agree with me, though, that he, he gets a lot of flack and he's actually a fantastic worker? I think he's a very good worker, especially for the time. I think he gets a lot. I think I'll say this. I don't think X-Pac gets the flack he does that he did at the time that he doesn't like like now. I think we've a lot of people have sort of come to the place where um X-Pac was, you know, kind of good, actually. Right. At very least. I feel I feel like he's well-remembered now at this point. Oh, sure, Gangrel, sure. This was, this was, you know, he did his job, I'll say that, for this match. He was not, he didn't miss anything, he wasn't bad, knocked X-Pac around a bit, but this was very much, you know, quick in and out, get the job done, they did a good job with the match, and I feel like this was, honestly, oh, I can't, I don't know that I can call this match of the night, but it's the one that I felt the best about going out of it. Fair enough. Let's move on. We're at top three territory. Uh, I have not oh, talked sorry. about You're no, number, my number four. four. Sorry. 
Um, Ken Shamrock, Billy Gunn. Um, I, here's a fun fact for you, Kyle. Before Ken Shamrock ever entered an octagon, he, he was training in pro wrestling. I thought that Shamrock looked very impressive in this match. I think that he's another guy who, because of the fact that his stint was so short in the WWE, doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he had really good matches. And it, that ankle lock that he has. I also think there, had, was, there was a personality thing with him. Sure, sure. And, 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 and you know, a, a lot of people have come out and said that, you know, he didn't fit in with the locker room and whatnot, and that's fine. But, it, like, there's something about this character that I just, I really get behind every time we have to go back and watch, or even every time I go back and watch something from the past, because I think that he was just on the cusp of being a top guy. Billy Gunn, too, held his own in this match. Like he, the, the DX had not started to break off yet, but they were getting to that point where he would, you know, eventually go on to win the King of the Ring and, and whatnot. And, and quite frankly, I think he won the 99 King of the Ring. Billy Gunn did. Um, was immediately and, buried by The Rock. Sure, sure. But the, you know what? We're going to talk about how The Rock might have been a bit of an asshole at the time. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Um, but I thought this match was serviceable. And it even bled into my number three. So why don't you give me your number three? Uh, my number three is, despite it being a very disappointing showing in terms of length of time, and I do think the right person eliminated her, but I do think that China's should have had, been, had you know a few minutes in the Royal Rumble, at very least. It is significant that she was the first woman to ever enter the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's we're yeah, getting I to agree. the point of the idea of the women's Royal Rumble as a given. Lest we forget, it was 2018 before that happened. It's not been that long. This right. this year's is going to be what the the uh, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. So this is the sixth one ever. Yep. Not counting the uh, yeah some of the battle royals that they had with women in the past because. Boy, how, we don't need to talk about those. But yeah, it, this is significant. We ended up getting two more competitive female competitors. Three before the, um, no, not three before the women's rumble existed. We, I think we've had four total, right? Because it's been, mm -hmm. it was her, it was um, Awesome Kong. Uh, I can't remember her. And WWE, Beth Phoenix. And Beth Phoenix, and then. Um, uh, it it was during the. I don't there think was, there was a. There was a fourth one. I don't think. Uh, it was Nia Jax was the fourth. Okay, sure. Okay, right. right, right. She was entered number thirty in I want to say 2018. 2019? somewhere in there. She replaced our truth. There was the year that they they did the mix mix match challenge and our truth and Carmella won it. Boy, wrestling. Um, and then our truth was supposed to enter thirtieth, but. Uh, they had Nia Jax do it instead. And she was actually good in that rumble. She almost killed Yeah, him. she, she. Um, but almost killed Mustafa Ali, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, that was, uh, is a, it was, there's significance to her being in the Royal Rumble, even right. if it was a bit disappointing. And she eliminated Mark Henry, which was very impressive. Smooth as butter, that. 
But, uh, oh, sexual chocolate, you deserved better. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have too much more to say than that, but yeah, I, I do think there is, despite the disappointment in true women's wrestling fashion WWE at the time, there is significance to this. Truly. Uh, my number three is uh, Val Venus was fucking huge. How the fuck did this guy not become a top-tier guy? This guy was built like a brick shithouse. When he showed up in that Ken, Rock, Ken Shamrock Billy Gunn match, I, the, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, this was the porn star character. But this guy was jacked to the brim. How did Vince not, like, pop off at the seams with this guy? Uh, that's... Uh, I, I, I know that this might... That it's kind of a goofy pick, but, like, I was just impressed at the, at the, at the physique of Val Venus. There are a lot of guys in this show who, like... It's easy to forget how big Test is. Yeah. That dude's yeah, huge. I... Um, yeah, there's a few guys who are really, really, really ripped in this. It's it's number two territory, Kyle. <sighs> ah, we gotta talk about this match, don't we? we? Gotta talk about the Rock Mankind, don't we? Yep. Is that your number two as well? It is. Huh. This... So, here's what I will say about this match, because it went... A little under 22 minutes. And the first, I'd say, 17 minutes of this were very good. The match was entertaining. It was some Attitude Era shenanigans and, like, absolute chaos. And Mick Foley continuing to put himself through way more than he ever should. But even with the, you know, because the, the announce table collapsed, uh, which was an unfortunate uh, happening. I wouldn't even say botch. It was just an unfortunate happenstance. But this was great. And then we had the um, handcuff spot. So The Rock went and into business for himself. He did. Yeah. And then it got uncomfortable. And here's the reality of this. Even if the, even if Mick agreed in advance that he should have taken these, these, you know, the five headshots, someone should have stepped in and said, you're not doing that without protecting your face, being, having the option of protecting your face. Yeah. That's the big thing about it is that it's he, like he's wearing a leather mask and getting chair shots directly to his face. Without any option, because like it's one thing if he takes the headshots. Kyle, the there was the head a too. Kyle, there was a point in this match where he was giving the Rock his back to do the chair shots on, and the Rock decided that he was going to hit him in the head anyway. Like and this was beyond that multiple yeah. times. Yeah, this is this is beyond any of that. This was reckless and dangerous, and his kids and wife were in the audience horrified by this. Yeah. On top of and, all that, and on top of all that, he like the, he does commentary for that documentary that I mentioned off the top that uh, was filming backstage. He didn't come to check on Mick. Eventually, when Mick was taped up and stitched up, he he shaked his hand and thanked him for the match, and 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 that was that. But at the end of the day, he went into business for himself. And this was one of those moments where we view Dwayne Johnson in a very high regard because of his ability to achieve success in Hollywood. On top of the fact that he was one of the one of, if not the biggest stars in wrestling. But this was a, machine. 
Yeah, absolutely. But this was a selfish moment. And this is always going to be looked at as a selfish moment. When Whenever somebody goes back to review this, they're always horrified at this match. And this was uh, an instance where, like, I just felt like Foley did, he gave too much. I've met this guy twice. He's the, he's the nicest guy. He picked on me at the last show that, that I went to go see him at. And he, but he's a, a sweet guy, a, a sweet man. And he was always that guy. Um, one of my favorite Mick Foley stories is him listening to like opera music before he goes out to have this like killer match with somebody. And Kane, Glenn Jacobs is backstage going, what are you listening to? And he tells him, and Glenn Jacobs is like, that's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. This guy is is just the most fantastic human being. And you, you take advantage of his body like this, and it just... I couldn't get into this match. I could... I, like, it, sure, it's a great match, but it's not a match that I go back and I, and I particularly like out of the Mankind, you know, catalog. So I didn't realize this was this match going into it, to be clear. Yeah. Because I knew the story of this match, but I didn't realize it was at this show. Right. And this was, yeah, this was just, it was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable to watch. And by the end, like, commentary were, you know, pleading. (laughs) Shane came out, for God's sakes. I know he's part of the the corporation, but, like, he came out and was kind of like, all right, we need to stop. Like, yeah, this got, this got real bad. And... It just like and then, and then having the, the finish the way that it was because it didn't again it didn't feel like he quit and it was just this is uncomfortable for him to lose the championship like this was just not it would have just been better for them to have a match and I think the I quit thing was fine but I don't know there there's ways around this I feel like right and what's weird is that they've done an I quit match where the person didn't say I quit. Bret Hart and and Steve Austin was an I quit match. Yeah. And Austin didn't say I quit. You could have just as easily done that here. Mm-hmm. Would have made more sense. Yeah, it would have. But this was this was not good. Um Do you have more to say about this? No, I don't. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I have written down is the Royal Rumble sucked. It really so here, sucked. So let's go through the problems with this year's with this Royal Rumble. Mr. McMahon winning, it wasn't. There's ways that this made sense, but it wasn't good. The way they did it wasn't good. Then, so like the actual ending itself was The Rock came out and goaded Austin into allowing McMahon to toss him out. Which, I feel like the way to have done this would have been to have, to not do it this way, but to have, after Austin eliminated Bossman, McMahon slide in and eliminate him before he has a chance to, you know, turn his back. And I know we wanted the moment of Austin beating up Vince McMahon, but especially considering uh, St. Valentine's happened immediately after this, I feel like we got enough of that there. Right. If we wanted, if the, if the story of this was going to be McMahon getting one over on Austin, 
then that's fine, but I feel like there was a better way to have done that. But even ignoring the finish, which is what everyone remembers, what sucks about this rumble is that there are, I think, five separate occasions where the ring is completely cleared. And you don't really want that. No. In a rumble. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> like, so Kane, for example, eliminates everyone and then himself... He's only in the Rumble for less than a minute because uh, he's attacking white coats, as they called them. The like, I think there was the yeah. storyline was he was in an in an insane asylum that McMahon yes. put him in. Yeah, and so he escaped, got into the Rumble somehow, beat up a bunch, tossed out everybody who was in there, and then left. And that was it. And then Ken Shamrock had to come and stand there for a minute and a half. We had another situation where Mabel cleared out everybody and then got cleared out himself by people who weren't in the Rumble. Yes. He became the road dog. Yeah. And then the road dog came out and he was in the ring alone. We had a few of these situations where somebody came out and there's nobody else in the ring, which is not good. Draws came out by himself. Because Golga was in the match for 15 seconds. <laughs> okay, okay. can you guess who Golga is? I have no idea. I'm John Tenta. John Tenta. Oh, no. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that depressing as fuck? John Tenta has had some of the worst characters in wrestling. Um, Man, they really don't. That, that guy that. needs to be a subject of the dark side of the ring. Yeah. Uh, Canadian, by the way. Yes, yes, I, I was aware of that. I, that's part of the reason as to why it's a dark side of the ring. <laughs> He's from Surrey, B.C. Anyway, um, like, and also, let's be clear about this. Everyone raves about the, the this era of wrestling being, you know, really great, especially that mid-card. This match included Golga, Draws, Gilberg, Steve Blackman, Dan Severn, Tiger Ali Singh, The Blue Meanie, Kurgan, Al Snow, and yeah, I guess that's that's probably the list of people who are like, boy, they accomplished absolutely no- nothing in this company. Maybe not Al Snow. Steve, Steve Blackman was fucking cool, man. I like Steve sure. Blackman. Um, the, like, the most... yeah, he was Dr. Death, but like... No, no, that's WWE Steve Dem- Williams. Oh, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, Steve Blackman was... Okay. He was the, the but, karate guy. Um, But yeah, like, this was not a good... No. Like... The, uh, and what's interesting about this match is that looking back at it, it's too early for Kane. It's too early for Triple H. And it's way too early for Edge. Yeah, oh yeah. 14 months. 14 months, man. Austin was the only person who could have won this Rumble. Yeah. That's bad, because he won the last two. (laughs) Or at least the one, right? Had he he won two in a row? He had won one, but it it ended up being him and Brad at WrestleMania because of the fact that he lost the title opportunity to Sid, I think. No, but he won... 
Because he won 97, and then he won 98. He won 98, and 98 was the year he won the title for the first time, though. Right. He won but 97. He also won the Rumble. He did win the Rumble, but he did not go to wrestle. That was the we, – we did WrestleMania sure. 13. Yeah, you know, I agree. I know, I know that, but I'm saying, like, but he did win the Rumble. Right, So yeah. it's bad for the two-time reigning champion to be the only legitimate opportunity or option. Yeah, that's that's not wrong. That that it begs the question as to why they didn't just leave the title on mankind and have the the Rock win the Rumble. Yeah, right. You could have had Austin pick up the title in the interim. Yeah, and then have and then have Rock Austin. But we needed Vince and Austin. That's that's what we needed. We needed that cage match where the Big Show debuted. And was made to look useless. We needed that. Sure was. Sure was. Um, yeah. Like, uh, now, I, now we get to the uncomfortable part where we have to give the show a rating. <laughs> what on earth do you... Oh, I, man, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just looking at this. Uh, WrestleMania 15. Oh, this show. This is a cursed show, man. Yep. Yep. Uh, this is uh, Butterbean and Bart Gunn. Thanks for winning the brawl for all, buddy. Mm-hmm. We had Shane McMahon beat X Pac for the European title. Oh, and this was and this was the Boss Men Cell match too. Yep. Man, like I know why we remember this era fondly because like Rock Austin is really good, but like, ooh, it this mid card doesn't build until. After this, <laughs> we need the, we missed the Hardys. Yes, yes. I know they were on the children at this point. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem. Is just it. <clears throat> this show felt like the the lack of star power was really surprising for this era of wrestling. What are you going to give it? I don't know because like. Honestly, X-Pac Gangrel might be match of the night, and that's not a good sign. No. Uh, one and a half. And it's uncomfortable because I think there's good stuff on this show. But nothing really goes that well. I thought Shamrock Gun was pretty good. I thought X-Pac Gangrel was legitimately good. But it had one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the most uncomfortable watches I had seen in my entire life. And one of the worst rumbles of all time, back to back to back. Like, yeah. One and a half, you? I'm going to give it two because Val Venus is huge. (laughs) That's what I got. That's what I got. Kyle, thank you for doing this with me. Uh, What is, uh, sorry, why don't you tell the fine folks? who listen to this podcast where they can find us on social media they can find us on social media on twitter at wnwallop instagram wnwallop facebook search wednesday at wallop black and yellow rylan and my names that's us if you want to find me on twitter you can do so at legendary kj that is l-e-r-e-g-e-n-d-a-r-y-k-j rylan where can they find you on twitter you can find me at at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. The February Wednesday Night Rewind has yet to be determined. The Royal Rumble Pool is happening right now. People are submitting their entries. And the winner will be selecting the event we review in February. Kyle, are you excited? 
Or worried, really. <laughs> Considering last year we got WrestleMania 2, um, I, I can't say I am, like, super jazzed about this. But, uh, but yeah, get your submissions in as soon as possible, please. We will, uh, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's entertaining to hear us talk about bad wrestling, as you can clearly see. And I also like talking about good wrestling. We reviewed the Cruiserweight Classic on this Rewind show. We did. We did. It's been a long like, time since then, though, Kyle. <laughs> it's been a long time. We reviewed, yeah, and we, we tried to do NXT, but it wasn't as good of a show as, as some remember. Yeah. Um... So if you want to give us a good show, we would greatly appreciate that. But if, you know, if you enjoyed this show and want us to suffer more, I'm sure there's lots of ways you can make us do that. There's so many. There's so many. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at at RYAM Sport Report. I, I think I might have said that already, though. But oh, it, sorry, not, nevertheless, 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 um, Kyle, send the people home happy. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of whatever this was. We appreciate you so, so very much. And you have been Rumble Walloped. Good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at RylanWallop and Kyle on Twitter at KyleWallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at Facebook.com slash SpearKingCO. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, MaisieMulderDesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, Shows.Acast.com slash WallopMedia.